Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody say perspective. perspective. I I found this little uh this little clip and I just cracked up. <laughs> I just cracked up, but <laughs> this thing was so funny to me. And then Lainey decided to give me her little two cents <laughs> about it. So as I was preparing, I was putting it in the computer. <laughs> she she came up and she looked at it. What you doing? I said, I'm preparing for tomorrow. And uh, she starts laughing. She likes to laugh at herself. <laughs> she starts laughing, giggling. I said, what's funny? She said, they both got it wrong. <laughs> I said, what you mean? She says, well, the guy on land is saying boat. And the guy in the boat is saying land. They're wrong. <laughs> so I had to explain to her. Well, they, they actually kind of happy to see each other. The one in the boat is happy to see land, and the one on land is happy to see the, see the boat. So she was like, oh. Funny moments with Lainey. I, I need to start journaling some of these things. This girl is hilarious. But perspective is a, is a word that has been on my mind, on my heart, quite, uh, quite a bit uh, recently, and even... Pastor Troy, I'll tell you, the same Holy Spirit is speaking to the both of us. Um, he's also been using the same uh, term um, in messages and conversations that he and I are having and, and even through text messages that we send back to each other. And it's just been such a common theme. Um, and it's amazing that even although that is the case, when I first started preparing, I've been preparing since I spoke to him and uh, about ministering today, and uh, it was a whole nother different message. I mean, a whole, whole different title and everything. And on yesterday, God just changed it all. And I just laughed. I said, well, I just thank God for that. He said, well, you asked me. And he told me. So I said, all right, we'll go, we go with what you said then. And, uh, but this was, this was the thing, and I just thought it was funny. Uh, so I wanted to use it. But perspective is important. And all of our perspectives have changed at one point or another. Amen? Amen? But it's important for us to not grow weary in well-doing and allow God to continue to change our perspective. Amen? So we're going to get into that a little bit today, but before we do, let's go before the Lord one more time. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, and we just thank you so much. You are so good. Your word is true. We thank you, Father, for revealing yourself. We thank you for the truth, Father, that we can trust we put our confidence and, and hope in. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Without him, none of us would be here. We thank you that because of his life, his death, his sacrifice, and his resurrection, we have access to you. We have relationship with you. You have redeemed us. You have restored us through his body, through his blood. And we're so grateful for that. But now, God, we ask, God, that you would just meet us right where we are. You know who we are. You made us. You created us in your own image and likeness. You know where we are in life, just as you asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Father, we thank you for knowing exactly where we are, knowing exactly what we're going through, what we're dealing with, the things that we still need to overcome. But I thank you, Lord, that we've already won because you have given us the victory through Christ. But Father, I ask that you would continue to Mold our hearts and shape us and transform us. Give us hearing ears and hearts to receive today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let the church say amen. 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 So let's get right on into this. Perspective. See, if you notice here, we've got a couple of things that are in, what are those, parentheses, right? So we're going to read through this without the parentheses the first time. Because that's how I found it the first time. So here we go. He says, perspective, this is the first definition that I saw. It says the art of drawing, all right, drawing, drawing solid objects on two, on a two-dimensional surface as to give the right impression of their height, width, depth, and position in relation to each other when viewed from a particular point. 
And so I read that and I said, Lord, I don't think that's what I was going for. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think, do you really want me to talk about measurements and all of this stuff? And, and he says, look closer. Kind of reminded me of Rafiki. <laughs> Simba looked into the water. He's like, that's my reflection. No, look closer. <laughs> and he saw something different. Amen. And so I looked closer and he began to speak. And so he began to speak that which is in the parentheses. Okay. So he says it's the art of drawing, not drawing, but coming to the conclusion. Coming to the conclusion. Not so much the solid objects. He says, but on a two-dimensional surface as to give the right impression of their height. And he says, how do you normally get your height measured? And I said, standing up. He said, okay, so that height is your standing with me. That's been taken care of. We are in right standing with the Father because of what Jesus has done for us. He has made us righteous. He's made us right. Because at one point we were at enmity with God. But now we have relationship, right relationship and standing with God. Amen? Amen. He says width. This is something else he's changed. The width represents our reach and influence. He's given that to us. Width is not, it's not me standing here and trying to measure one tip of the finger to the other. It's the ability to reach and to touch people. Wherever he sends me. Amen. Amen. He says the depth, the substance. Because of him we have substance. You can't judge a book by its cover. We come in here with nice clothes on and with perfume on and we smelling good. And because of that, you can't tell what we've been through. But the truth is, we've been through some things. Amen? Amen. But like my brother Pace said, we've been qualified. Been qualified. Everybody talks about how, how, how bad Job had it. Everybody talks about how bad Job had it. Job was qualified to go through what he went through. He was qualified before he went through it. He didn't have to go through it to be qualified. He was qualified, which is why God said, have you considered my servant Job? I want you all to know we've been made for this. Amen? Amen. We've been made for this. That's why we that's why we now can count it all joy. Amen. He says, and position is our rank. It's where he's placed us. He's given us power and authority. Amen. It's not a person in here, no matter what your path has been, no matter what it is that you've gone through, that you've done, that you've been affiliated with. He's changed all of that. You might have used to be the tail, but now you're the head. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He says, in relation to each other, when viewed from a particular point. And so what this reminded me of is the fact that although we are on the earth, we walk on the surface of the earth, the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, the second definition is a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something or someone. I said, now, Lord, now that's what I was looking for (laughs) the first time. But he wanted me to see something different. So this was a little closer to what I was I was thinking, but there's always more that meets the eye. Amen? Amen. 
the natural eye. How many of you know God wants us to see deeper? He wants us to see farther. He wants us to see higher. He wants us to see more than what we can see with our natural eyes. We're standing on this, on this surface. We're standing on the earth, and we can look in every direction. Okay? But at some point, our vision can't figure out what it is at a certain, certain point. Right? But because God has elevated us, right, he's taken us up higher so that now when we look, we could see a whole lot more. So that means that we can't just live on the earth always thinking about earthly things, which includes just life that happens. We have to go beyond what's happening in the earth because you can easily get caught up in it. You can easily lose sight of what it is God has called, created you, and purposed for you to do in this life. Amen? Amen. So we have to begin to look from a different perspective. Now, God changes that perspective as we continue to live day by day by day, and I want to encourage us to not be satisfied with where you are. How many of you, like me, believe you're living a good life? I believe, man, I'm living a good life. But there's so much more. There's so much more. And this is the reality. As much as we want to do, we have to first hear and see and believe. Not see in the natural, but see in the spirit. See, we have access to the Father. We can go into the Holy of Holies now. See, we're not on the outside looking in. We're, we're in. Amen. Why? Because we're in Christ. So here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, somebody say in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. Everyone has heard this who knows how many times, right? And it's true. And we're thankful for it. But how many of you know there's much more to this? And that's what we're going to see a little bit more of today. So now we're in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. He says, blessed be the God and Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is Paul speaking by the Holy Spirit to the church. He says, who has blessed us with every, every what? Spiritual. Every spiritual blessing, not just the natural, not just the job, not just the money that we need to pay the bills, not just the business. Not just even just the ministry, the service that we partake in. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much more than that. He says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He says just as he chose us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him, God the Father, in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is all his doing. All of this happens and all of these are benefits of being in Christ. We receive all of these. All of these things have been offered to us, but it's up to us to receive it. How many of you know that's on us? Amen. God has given. He has supplied. He has provided. But we have to receive. And how do we receive, church? By faith. Right? By faith. The Bible says it's by grace through faith that we have been saved. But the heavenly pattern is anything that you receive by God is, 
by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. He says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. Amen. He says, in him we have what? Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. He's already made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. It gave him good pleasure to do all of this for us. This is our inheritance in Christ. We receive all of these benefits and he doesn't want us to forget about his benefits. Let us not forget all his benefits. Because the danger of forgetting his benefits will have you striving for things and trying to acquire things that you can't, you can't grab a hold of because you're not going to the right place. Amen. It's all in him. Yes. It's all in him. And we have everything we need in him. Amen? Amen? Continuing. He says that in the dispensation or the administration of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Jesus is the focal point. Right? He says both which are in heaven and which are on where? On the earth. In him. He didn't leave us out. You might be going through something. You might be feeling that God forgot. He hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten. He's just giving you an opportunity to practice what he's been teaching you. How many of you know we have to apply this word to our lives? Amen. You got to let the word work for you. Let the word work in you and let the word work through you. Amen. Where are we at? All right. He says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. This has all been done for us. Amen. This has all been done for us. This is what he wants us to receive. This is what he wants us to remember. You can't forget about the cross as we go throughout life. You can't forget about the sacrifice, but we can't also forget about the benefits because he wants us to take hold of these things. Amen? Amen? Because these things is what he uses to continue to transform our lives. He wants to change our perspective. He wants to change how not only we see him, but also how we see ourselves. He also wants to change how we see others. Amen? Amen. I told the brothers last week, I said, uh, unfortunately, when people begin to talk about their family, uh, their heritage, or where they're from, they tend to stop at certain points in the history that they've been kind of taught. Well, we're from here and we're from there and, and whatever. I said, but they're stopping way too short. You, listen, if you're going to go back, go all the way back. Go all the way back. Don't stop in England. Go all the way back. All the way back to the continent of Africa. Because that's where we all came from. All right? So we got more in common than we think. We've been, there's so much division. 
in the world, even in the church. Right? It's been churches split over the color of the carpet. There's just too much division in the world. You got to go all the way back to where he made us. Amen? Where he made us not only naturally, but also where he made us spiritually. Amen? Here we go. Verse 13, he says this. He says, in him you also trusted after you what? Heard the word of truth. Now, you got to hear the word of truth before you can believe it. Right? And I thank God that he, he sent his word. He established everything by his word. And guess what? He establishes things by our word, too. He said, let, let, let two or three come together and agree upon the same thing. That thing shall be established in the earth. See, we can't lose sight of the fact that we were created in his image and in his likeness. And he said to us, he says, be imitators of God. Do as I do. Isn't that what Jesus said? I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. Amen? And those are, one of the, those are some of the ways that he wants to work through us. So that his will is continuing to be done in the earth, just as it is in heaven. He says, the gospel of your salvation. He says, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who who is the guarantee? He is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Man. Listen, there's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of stuff here. My mind went into so many different directions. It was like herding cats getting my thoughts together as I read through this. And I'll be honest with you. I wanted to cut bits and pieces out, but I couldn't. It was too good. I had to stop a couple times on the way through. Because as he continued to remind, remind me and reveal to me his heart towards me. This was his good pleasure toward me. When you sit and think about it, it's overwhelming at times. To sit through and just read this and just allow him to reveal this to you is so overwhelming. I had to stop, take breaks, and come back to finish. Just Ephesians 1. All right? But God is so good. Here we go in verse 15. He says, therefore I also, this is Paul saying, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this is another point where I began to weep because when we get to this point, number verse 17, just reading Paul's prayer, he was telling the church, this is what I prayed for you. I began to see faces of people and the heart of a pastor just began to manifest itself. And I just want you to know, this is my heart for you. This is my heart towards you. So we're going to read through this. This is his prayer. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. There's a lot of things that you can know. None greater than knowing him. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him intimately. Amen? He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The riches of his inheritance in the saints. 
We are the saints. We are his inheritance. He gave Jesus and received us. Come on, man. He says, and what is this exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Toward us. That means it was for us, not against us. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. His power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked. You see the thing? This is all what he did for us, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. God is so good. Verse 21, he says, that seat at the right hand where he sit, where he, he gave to Jesus, that seat is far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, to the church, to the church. Amen? Amen. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, you got to be reminded. This is where he sat Christ. This is what the right hand of God is in the heavenly places. Far above. Far above. Greatly exceeding. And guess what, church? That's where we sit. Jesus shares that seat with us because we are in Christ. Amen? Amen? Now it might take some of us a while to really grab hold of this thing but meditate on it. Meditate on it. You got bulletins. Go home and read this and study it and allow it to change your perspective. Amen? Amen? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, going back to the top, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, not just on the earth. Not just on the earth, but in the heavenly places in Christ. He says, in, 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 in uh, Ephesians 1.21, that place is far above, amen? amen, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. So, that word far above means greatly higher and over. Greatly higher and over are not the same thing, church. Greatly higher speaks of our placement, where we are, right? Over speaks of the authority, the power that has been given to us in that position, in that place, right? He says, greatly higher or over, above a thing, of a place, of rank or power. So you don't have to be afraid of the enemy. You don't have to be afraid of your shadow, of ghosts, of spirits. 
Come on, the, the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. You guys know that, right? There are spirits. You just read your Bible. Jesus dealt with them. His disciples dealt with them. Okay? They're real, but nothing for us to fear. Because he's placed us far above all principality and all powers. Amen? He's given us that place, that position in his family. He's made us the object of his love, his great love. Amen? So he says to me, he says, there are more benefits of being in Christ. More benefits of being in Christ. And, and remember, the theme here is perspective. Okay? So that means that change takes place when you're in Christ. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Right? Things have changed. And truth be told, in our lives, in my life, things need to continue to change. And we have to allow God to continue to transform us by how? The renewing of our minds. The renewing of our minds. So these are three things that changes. He says it changes our altitude. Our altitude. Changes our attitude and changes our aptitude our aptitude so we're going to get into each one real quick our altitude is defined as the height of an object or point in relation to sea level or ground level okay the apparent height of a celestial object celestial meaning heavenly right Object above the horizon, measured as an angle. When we're thinking and seeing from the high place that he has positioned us, and not just on the surface where our natural feet stand, we see at a totally different angle. We see things more the way that he sees things. See, when Jesus said, I only say the things that I hear my father say and only do the things that I see my father do, he was not looking from here to there. He was looking from there to here. And it changes everything. It changes everything. See, if everybody in the world lined up and stood right in front of me, I couldn't see everybody in the world. But if he elevated me, if I was in that higher place, I can see a whole lot more people, right? Attitude, a settled way of thinking. Now, this, this settled is not the settled where you say, uh, I made up my mind. And I ain't moving. That's called stubborn. <laughs> right? A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. This is what the, one of the definitions of attitude is. A settled way of thinking. Now, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, just like in the scriptures, you've, you've all experienced and heard or saw somebody quote a, a verse, right? But in quoting that verse, they forgot about all the other verses that speak to that particular subject, right? And they don't care about nothing else except the point they're trying to make <laughs> with that one verse. But there's another verse. And there are more verses that give better clarification. Like Pastor Troy says, let the, let the scripture interpret itself. Amen. There's other verses that bring a much clearer 
interpretation of that verse that they're trying to make a point on. And although the word of God is true, you got to understand that a part of it is the law, which represents an old covenant that is not for us. And so you can't just say, this is the Bible. This is the word. It is the word. That's true. It is the word. But what is God saying? See, that's the thing, right? Yes, I can quote a scripture, but what is, what is God saying to me through this scripture? Listen, we can sit up here and we can read scriptures all day long. But it's going to mean something different to all of us. Because God just meets us right where we are. And we're not all in the same place. Yes, we're at the same location, but we're not all at the same place in our lives. We're dealing with different stuff, different things, different scenarios. So it's about what is he saying to me through the scriptures. That's what's important. Amen? Amen. He says, and these are some of the synonyms with that. All of these words we're familiar with, but if you just look a little bit closer at each one, your mind will begin to change. Things will come up in your mind, things that you're dealing with, people that you're dealing with, and God will begin to convict you. Not of sin, but like the word says, of righteousness. And of his ways. Amen? Amen. So some of these synonyms for attitude is a view. A viewpoint. An outlook. The theme. The perspective. Our stance. Our position. Our standpoint. (laughs) Position. Inclination. Our temper. Hmm. Anybody ever been told you got an attitude? Anybody ever been told that you better lose that attitude? <laughs> Orientation, approach. That's different. Approach. And your reaction. Reaction. The thing we got to remember that attitude is also an emotion. It's tied to our emotions as well. Think about how you feel about a thing. Now one thing I want to tell you about emotions and your feelings is that they will lie to you. They'll trick you. Feelings and emotions are good. But God has not called us to live according to our emotions. He's called us to live according to the truth. Amen? And our our emotions are not always the truth of a matter. We might feel a certain way about a certain thing. We might feel a certain way about a certain someone. But that doesn't make that feeling true. Amen? Amen. And then the last one, aptitude. Aptitude is a natural ability to do something. A capacity for learning. Y'all hear that? A capacity for learning. How many of us would just be honest? And go ahead and confess that you got room to grow. Amen. We got room to grow. A general suitability. Suitability. A fitting, if you will. Like I said earlier, we were made for certain things. It's all wrapped up in the purpose of God. It's all wrapped up in, this, in the purpose of God. And sometimes you don't even think about that thing until you go through it. And then you begin to ask God, what is going on? What is this all about? I want to encourage you, don't stop asking those questions. Amen. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Just make sure you ask the right person. Amen? Amen. <laughs> as much as I love you, as much as Pastor Troy loves you, as much as you love each other, we're not the answer. We're not. 
We all have to learn to be good pointers. Right? Return to sender. (laughs) Go back to him. He has the answer. I can sit here and try to interpret it all day long. But I'm limited. Amen? Amen? My heart is right towards you. But I'm limited in my ability to be right all the time. Right? I can be right sometimes. But just like you, I can feel a certain way about something. I can feel a certain way about somebody. And the way that I might feel about that situation may skew the the counsel that I might give you. And I'm not trying to scare you away from calling me. (laughs) But that's just the truth of the matter. Amen? Can we just be, be honest? Listen, we got some great leaders in this church, man. We got some people who have experienced some things. They've gone through some things. They know some things. They can help you. We can help each other. But at the end of the day, we're all limited. Our hearts are right towards you. We want to help. But at a certain point, you've got to go to the Father. You got access. I don't care how bad it is. You can always go into the presence of God. Amen. He's made it so that we can do that. He's given us that access. Amen. So let's take advantage of that. James chapter one, verse 12 says this. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved. Somebody say approved. He will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endures. I know sometimes you don't feel like going through it. You don't want to deal with it. But blessed is the man that endures. Amen? Amen. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this one here. Blessed. What does it mean? I was so happy. I was so happy when I saw this first definition. It said, supremely blessed. (laughs) Not with two S's E-D, but with a T. I said, sound like God from my neighborhood. (laughs) Supremely blessed. And the T just reminded me of the cross. Supremely blessed, fortunate, well-off, happy, happier. Amen? That right there just blessed me all in itself. Sometimes we just, we see the word blessed and we just take it, it's just so common. And we don't really think about it that much. But in that context, right there, in this particular context, blessed is the man who endures temptation. He is supremely blessed with the T. I might have to start saying my blessed with the T from now on. (laughs) That word endure says blessed is the man who endures temptation. That there's a blessing in enduring. Amen? Amen? Endure to remain. Troubles come and go. Come on, this too shall pass. That's the attitude we got to have. Amen? He says to remain, to abide, not recede or flee. In other words, don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Do not faint. Scripture says, faint not. Faint not. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. See, you only throw in the towel when you think you can't win. But when you know you already won, you just use that towel to wipe off and say, keep it coming. (laughs) Keep it coming. I'm made for this. Amen? It's to persevere under misfortunes and trials 
to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. Let me tell you something. You can afford to lose. You, you might not think so, but you can afford to lose everything except your faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. I know there's a lot of things we don't want to let go of. We don't want to surrender. We don't want to lose. But the reality is you can lose everything except your faith and still have it all. And still have it all. As long as you got your faith, you ain't losing nothing. You ain't losing nothing. Your inheritance in Christ far supersedes anything you can obtain on the earth. Amen? It means to bear bravely. Anybody ever go through something and just been scared out of your mind? Just, uh, just scared of just the unknown. And it, it, it just, it doesn't matter how big or how small the situation is. He says, blessed is the man who endures to bear bravely. Not arrogantly, but bravely. In faith, not in fear, because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He says, and calmly. And calmly. How many people have been to a funeral before? How many people have been to a black people funeral? <laughs> it's a little bit different. It's, it's a little more spirited. One way or another. It's either we praising God or we falling out. Oh, Lord, ain't nobody told me nothing. <laughs> but this endurance enables us to bear our burdens bravely and calmly because we know he's in control. Because we know he's in control. Because our confidence our, is in him. Our hope is in him. Amen? And from him, we know that we receive only good. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Amen? So the brothers and I, we finished up uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 last week in Bible study, and this is the benediction at the end of this letter that Paul had wrote, and it just blessed me. It just it touched my heart. It blessed me. He says, finally, brethren, Farewell. Be complete. Excuse me. Become complete. Become complete. That means there's some things that still need to be done, right? Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Man, if I ever heard a benediction, if I ever heard a blessing, that's one right there. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. He didn't leave anything out. I love this verse 14. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. He says, become complete, though. So I began to meditate on that and look a little bit deeper in that. And so the definition in the Greek to complete means to make sufficient. Now, this is the work of God. But we have to receive. We have to get out of the way 
and allow God to do what only he can do. Amen. He says, become complete. That means to make sufficient. It is he who makes us sufficient and to render fit, right? He says, to equip one with adequate power to perform duties. Hasn't he given us that? He seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality and power. He's given us his power, his authority. From the very beginning, church, go back to the garden. Go back to Genesis. God made everything, made man, said be fruitful and multiply, have dominion over all the earth. The birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the cattle of the field. That word dominion is power and authority. Amen. He gave it to man from the very beginning. Amen? Amen. He says to enable, to make able, and to qualify. To qualify. He has done that. Amen? Amen. Qualified <laughs> means officially recognized as being trained to perform a particular job. I'm going to read that again. Officially recognized as being trained to perform a particular job. Now this reminded me of Abraham. This reminded me of Abraham. God told Abraham to make a sacrifice. He says, take your son, take the lad and go up. Give me a sacrifice. That was a test. Abraham took Isaac up. The child of promise, the one he'd been waiting on for a long time. Took him up on that mountain. Laid him out. That must have been so uncomfortable. He had to be laying on wood. He's like, Daddy, this is uncomfortable. Can you just... Took out his, took out his knife, and was about to sacrifice his son. God said, "Hold up." He says, "Now I know. Now I know, you're willing to give all for me." See, there was a big task. Abraham was going to be the father of faith. For the rest of us, for the rest of the world, that's big shoes, big responsibility. He had to set the right example. The Bible says Abraham believed God, Amen. and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And so now, as we believe God, the same manner in which he believed God, it didn't say believe in God. It's important to believe in God. But he says Abraham believed God. In other words, God said something. Abraham believed what God said. Remember, his wife didn't necessarily believe what God said. She laughed. She said, you got to be kidding me. The Bible says Abraham believed God. So what is God saying to you? And he's waiting to see if you're going to believe him like Abraham. Not believe in him. He already knows you believe in him. He already knows you've accepted his son. But do you believe what he's saying to you right now? He says it's fitted for a given purpose. Fitted, made just for you. There's certain situations. Certain divine appointments that are just for you. Nobody, no one else would have been sufficient for it but you. Amen? Amen? Made us competent. He says, having complied with the specific requirements or precedent conditions, eligible 
So he's made us, in this qualification, he certified us. He's made us competent. And this is important. That competence is important because sometimes we can see ourselves in a way that will cause us to disqualify ourselves from doing whatever the God that's, is speaking to us and calling us to do. Just know I've already, I've equipped you for this. I've prepared you for this. I've trained you for this, right? And he's made us eligible. That's important too. Because there's many, many of pastors who have made a mistake. Our pastor. At some, at some churches, you couldn't be a pastor if you had been divorced. And for some, they feel like they're not eligible anymore. Somehow they're disqualified. But that's only in man's eyes. That's only in man's eyes. God has qualified us. He's made us eligible to serve in this capacity. Amen? Amen. So whatever it is God is speaking to you, the right answer is yes. That might sound simple, but some people need a little help with that. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I should. Well, if God said it, the answer is yes. If God said it. And you know when God said it because you got peace. You got peace. Even when you don't have all the answers, you got peace. Amen? Even when you don't know exactly, you got peace. You can trust him. Amen? So, perspective is something that we all have. But it's also something that continues to change. And it needs to continue to change so that we can continue to grow up into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's go ahead and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Father, for even as we sat into this place together and heard your word, that you began to speak to our hearts you begin to reveal yourself to us. You begin to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You begin to even change our attitude, change our outlook, change our viewpoint. We thank you so much that you've seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But it's not just for us to take a seat. It's for us to to be able to see how you see. Father, we know that you have a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And we know, Father, that we have to trust you with every step. And I thank you, Father, for encouraging us by way of reminder through your word that you order our steps. You make our path straight. You go before us. You orchestrate it all. And even the things, Father, that take us by surprise and catch us off guard, you make all those things work together for our good. You show up in areas and places in our lives, situations and circumstances that we don't quite understand. But you give us the grace to walk through it. You give us the grace to endure. And we thank you for that perseverance. We thank you for that overcoming spirit. We thank you, Father, for giving us the ability to bounce back. We thank you, Father, 
that the fire that we endure, the persecution, the trials, and the tribulations that we encounter, you use to make us stronger, to make us better, to qualify us for your purpose, the plan with which you created us. And so, Father, I just ask that you would continue to strengthen us, to bless us, to bless the work of our hands, to lead us, to help us to see how you see and to live as unto Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. Amen.